Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. For the Motor City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Mainly morning, you're listening to Louder with Crowder. Of course, as always, my lovely sidekick in studio, Fun Dip. How are you this morning, sir? Eh, surviving reasonably well, I suppose. I see you're reaching around and fiddling with things. Yeah, I noticed that it sounded like you were in a tube, and I'm like, oh, well, during the week, somebody had an extra button pushed in that's used for something else, so I've unpushed that button. So do I sound tubeless now? No, you'll always sound like tubes to me, but, you know. Oh, you watch your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you sound better than you did. You watch your filthy mouth. Uh, You're the yogurt tube man. Dun, 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 dun. Such a huge week in news. Not. This has been one of the most dull, boring weeks in news uh, I think we've ever had. Even local news is kind of eh, nothing particularly exciting. Oh, gosh. I just broke every rule. You usually don't lead off the show with there is nothing. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. Okay, thank you very much. Have a good day. People there's nothing. It's nothingness. Uh, but I tell you what, though. Uh, that, okay, that was redundant. But I tell you what, though. There was no need for the though. I already started with the but. True, very true. Usually you finish with the but. I do think that we need to get into the fact that American, American Sniper has still been all over the media. And it's amazing the reaction from the Hollywood left. So we have so much. We're going to have a few good guests today, though. Let's say we have Michael Loftus, brilliant uh, comedian uh, and host of The Flipside Extraordinaire. And then Ed Morrissey will be with us live here on the third hour. Um, One thing that I do really like. So obviously um, we're talking about Hollywood. This whole week has been Americans kind of sniper centric. You've had Bill Maher. You've had Michael Moore. You've had Hollywood reacting to this film in a way that is diametrically opposed to mainstream America. That to me is fascinating. It's fascinating to have Americans view the world, view the country one way, and then the rest of the world view it entirely a different way. Well, not the rest of the world, the rest of Hollywood view it in an entirely different way. They, they don't even see these troops, the war, uh, American heroes in the same way as all of America does. And that's what's so weird to me. I mean, don't you find this fun dip like when you watch an awards ceremony – or you watch a red carpet premiere and everyone in Hollywood is agreeing. They're clearly on the same page. Yeah, this is the decision we've made, right? This is the opinion we all have. 
and they're surprised that mainstream America disagrees? I have avoided watching those stupid shows for at least eight years. Yeah, I know. It's, Why do you put yourself through it? Well, so they can give themselves an award at the end of the day. No, why do you put yourself through watching it? Oh, 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 oh. Well, I have to because it's my work. You know, I get the screeners, too, for all the films since I'm in the Actors Guild. And that's one thing I miss about managing a movie theater. I loved being able to get the screeners and watch the films before they came out. Didn't you used to beat up kids at the movie theaters? I never beat up anybody. I used to get beat up at high school, beat up at junior high, beat up at grade school. No, no, no. I mean verbal abuse. Oh, yeah. I, I one time caught two people um, in the very back row doing something they should not have been doing in our theater, and I threw them out. That was kind of fun. Do you mean they were just making out, or there was a little little, little further down the line? A uh, little bit further down the line, about, you know, further down the torso. <laughs> I've got a story from a movie theater. Okay, I, I we'll- said, listen to me. If you people aren't going to share, get out. And then you had a restraining order issued against you. <laughs> the, guy, that, the guy laughed because he knew I was making like a gum in class type joke, you know. If you didn't bring it up for everybody, you guys can't have any either. It's, it's funny because you tell that story, and I know it's meant to be jovial and lighthearted and sweet. but It, it just is, sounds like a lecherous old perv. I yes, know. it is immensely creepy. <laughs> Every, everything I do comes out the wrong way. I don't know if it comes out the wrong way because I, I don't know your intent. That's the main issue. How do you I don't not know, know that you... I'm really just a sweet daddy with like a creepy sense of humor? Because I've seen your basement. And it's the basement of someone. It's the basement of Buffalo Bill. I have not a single death's head moth in my basement, I'll have you know. No, that's true. But lots and no of... little white poodles or lotion. I was going to say I thought there was quite a bit of the, the, the lotion, but that's because you get ashy in the winter, and that's understandable. Everybody has that problem. <laughs> yeah, fix my elbows. But what's so funny is, is how out of touch these Hollywood elites get. They couldn't even, until there was this uproar and pushback from mainstream America, it had never even crossed their mind that, well, wait a second, uh, an American soldier is generally seen as a hero to most Americans. You know, no one, there was no one in their circle of liberal, ignorant, Hollywood, this leftist cesspool of filth and sadness. No one even just said, whoa, 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 whoa. People are going to like this guy. And they do, what's so, I mean, they do focus groups. They do pre-screenings. How could they have been that out of touch, that out of touch and missed it so badly to not understand that Americans are not going to be happy if you call snipers cowards? That, that always, to me, is just bizarre how out of touch they can be when they spend so much money to try and be in touch. And that's where I argue that it's not even, you know, they can't plead ignorance and it's not even a profit motive. It's an ideological motive. It's because they're trying to subvert the American mindset toward culture and toward war and, and in this case, American soldiers. What do you think? Is that just, am I just blowing smoke? I just think that they're clueless. You think it's ignorance? Yeah. I mean, I don't think they have any comprehension of how silly they are. See, I don't, I just, I don't imagine the Weinstein brothers sitting there with no idea. Oh, I don't, let's just go bash American soldiers, you know, or, or, or who was the other guy? Not Michael Moore. Um, Seth Rogen. 
He's a smart guy. These are smart people. How can they miss the Seth Rogen is smart? He always came across as kind of a moron to me. Yeah, but everyone comes across as a moron to you. Well, that's because I'm so superior. This is true. Yeah, you and your Led Zeppelin t-shirt. <laughs> By the way, for people who are watching online and seeing the video cast and they see your giant mug up on the screen, but nobody would uh, accuse you of being superior to Seth Rogen. Digitize this. <laughs> <laughs> like your picture of Bill Maher on Facebook. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. yeah. There was some guy who said, you know, most people would rather have the American sniper as their babysitter than Bill Maher. Yes, some people did comment that. And I thought that was a good point. I would still rather have an alive person be my babysitter regardless of oh, political God, affiliation we're gonna get letters we're gonna get letters for those listening of course he's not <laughs> he's not making light of the situation i just i thought that it was interesting that they went down that road i'm like you've got somebody who is a, who is a deceased hero and then you've got a live person right no matter what live is a better babysitter Apparently, you haven't seen Weekend at Bernie's 2, because that was the masterpiece, not the original. Let's grab a break, Fun Dip, and we'll come back and actually talk about Kevin Costner, who's been impressing me more and more. I will tell you, I've never been a Kevin Costner fan, and uh, he recently had some things to say about Ferguson, about American Sniper and race relations in America. And I think you're going to be happy to hear it, because... It's just something that's so rare in the industry. Anytime someone like Kevin Costner comes up and says this, granted, even in his sort of childlike squeaky voice, when I get up, slow clap, and chant. Thank you so much. We are back and... But we've got a clip for you. So there's been a lot in the news. We're going to get to the Sarah Palin, Bill O'Reilly spat going on. Let me give you a hint. Not a Bill O'Reilly fan. Is anyone? You know, it's funny you say that, but you're going to get some calls. I guarantee you. And by the way, if you think I'm wrong, tweet me right now at S. Crowder. Just follow me on Twitter, S. Crowder. Tweet me. Um, I can't stand Bill O'Reilly. And I know we have to act like Fox News, Bill O'Reilly. The guy is such an ass. Is He's he not still on the TV? He is still on the on the TVs. You sound like uh, Mr. Goldberg. <laughs> is he still on the TV? Where are my pants? Well, I know he's off the radio. Yeah, he's been off the radio for a long time. Um, and you know how he lost his radio spot? Do you know how he lost it? By being a putz? By taking Fridays off. <laughs> and then he had a fill-in host coming in on Fridays. And then people said, what do we need you for? We can't stand you. You know what's uh, on? I have a mug so I can see Fun Dip's mug. He has one. I have this beautiful mug. We're going to start making some custom ladder with Crowder mugs. You know why? Because I've got this mug here that's really beautiful, uh, ceramic, etched. And I loved that the fact, the fact that it was a quality mug, but it gets too cool too quickly because the, the mouth is too wide. It looks like it would be great for our gratin potatoes, though. It probably would. It probably would. Yeah, it's like a little uh, crock pot. Yeah, because that's a healthy thing at 6.30 a.m. But the Sarah Palin, Bill O'Reilly thing, we'll get to that. Listen, let me just preface it. Not a Bill O'Reilly fan. 
Uh, I've been speaking with some people behind the scenes. I just released a column last night, top five reasons Bill O'Reilly's a, a fake conservative. And I've already had people saying, you, you know, you shouldn't say that because we're, we're, we're friends with Bill O'Reilly. Well, if you're friends with Bill O'Reilly, if you side with a guy like Bill O'Reilly, um, you're probably a phony. Let me just put it that way. He's guaranteed a phony. Everything about him is fake. I mean, it, the phone sex scandal, the Bill O'Reilly flip out, uh, the fact that he's always refu- he's often refused to walk back comments where he's clearly wrong. The guy is just an ignorant buffoon. And he, I know people are going to pull this and go, look, it's good. Take now, it listen, I've got to defend ignorant buffoons, okay? <laughs> on behalf of ignorant. On behalf of ignorant buffoons. Now, you're, 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 um, you're a sweet, like a. I'm like a, a well-informed buffoon. You're a, you're a lug. <laughs> you're a jolly old lug. But uh, before we do that, let's run this clip of Kevin Costner because it was very surprising to me. I hate to be one of those guys who ever latches on to a conservative, uh, to a celebrity and says he's a conservative. But I think you'll like what Kevin Costner had to say on CNN about Ferguson and about race relations in America. Fun dip. Roll clip, please. I, I got there. I mean, I, 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 I grew up in a place called Compton. When I say I grew up, that's a loose term. I was there for the first problem eight years clip? of my life. Um, uh, so my extended family, my, my immediate family, I, we, I was very... Is there, is there nothing worse. happening and, right uh, now, or is this just... No, no, I'm playing it over the air, but you can't hear it coming back to you. Being, but it doesn't mean... It comes over the same pot as you. It doesn't mean they weren't callous. They weren't, you know, they weren't ignorant, if you will. People's feelings, and, uh, so I saw it. I used those words. You, uh, you've used, the, you said the N-word? Sure. In other Multiple words? times. Yeah, when I was, when, when I was... It, in my teens and there's one day you know playing against uh, other athletes uh, you know don't, don't forget we're talking about 1955 yeah. to 1963 of course yeah. and so i can say that i mean if i guess maybe you've never said it or maybe the greatest majority of people out there have never said it yeah. i never said that in a anger but i i look back and i realize that word i had to put that word in my rearview mirror yeah. uh, it, it's an ugly word and i said so on you know in the final speech of um of uh, black or white. Let's talk about that. The movie, it, it opens tomorrow. It's about a seven-year-old biracial girl. You play the girl's grandfather yes. fighting with her black grandmother, yes. right? Let's take a look at it. You're all welcome to come visit. I'm thinking with things the way they are. Like dealing with all the hands we've been dealt. She's been dealt. We need to start talking about a shared custody. Not going to happen. No? No. Like I say, you're all welcome to come visit. But you don't want her down here, do you, Elliot? Down here with the black folks. Don't, don't start with that. Got a little black mouth tutor. Is that gonna do it? Hmm? Take care of that whole half of her soul. What is it with you? Why do you always have to go there? What is it with you that you don't want to admit that there's a there there? I love this clip because it really shows a divide between black and white. And you have said anytime someone wants to shut a conversation down, you just invoke race. uh, It's not the only way you do it. But, you know, when you want to shut a conversation down, you also can walk away. Uh, Whatever happened in Ferguson today, somebody either walked away, it broke, it breaks down. I think the beauty of the movie is that a lot of people can watch this and for two hours they can see things that maybe they've said in their life, maybe things they wish they had said in their life, and they're not going to get, they're not going to be able to walk away. They're going to sit there in that movie and they're going to go, who am I? Am I that person? Am I that person? I know Octavia. So I think there's so much going on there that people will miss. When he says, when Kevin Costner says, 
sure, I've used the N-word many times in my life, and it was when I was playing with other black athletes, and uh, maybe a majority of Americans have never said it. What he's saying is screw you. What he's saying is screw you for trying to judge me on having ever used one word. Because every single person in this country at some point, with the exception of, and I mean single-digit numbers, has said the N-word. Everyone from my generation, anytime I sing along to hip-hop radio, which, by the way, I listen to a lot. I know it surprises people. Kanye. You I, do not look like a hip-hop fan. I don't, I don't look like a hip-hop fan. You look but, like a Maple Leafs fan. K- Kanye's College Dropout is one of my favorite albums. Uh, Weird Science is another band I really love. I, I love K- uh, Kid Cudi. I love hip-hop, okay? So to give you an idea, the deposition with Paula Dean, remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Was she was the you, baker or whatever? Uh, yeah, yeah. Ch- cook? Chubby Baker looked like Ursula from Little Mermaid, that one. <laughs> she, <laughs> she does. She does. She was asked, have you ever used the N-word? That was, the, that was the really big question, and she said yes. And there were other things that went on, but she said yes. Okay, Fundip, I want you to ask me, Stephen Crowder, if I've ever used the N-word. Stephen Crowder, have you ever used the N-word? Every single time I sing along to College Dropout, Kanye's arguably best album. Every single time if I'm in my car. I don't, self, I don't self-censor. If I'm in my car singing along to a hip-hop artist because I know somewhere down the line someone can accuse me of being a racist. Fund it, be honest. At some point in your life, you've said that word at least once. I'm Pat Martin's son, aren't I? (laughs) Okay. But the, the point that Kevin Costner is making is you can't judge someone by one word without any kind of context Anyone in this country who wants to crucify someone for having... By the way, if you go out there and you actually use the N-word in its proper racist context, kind of like Joe Biden did with Shylocks and the Jews... I about fainted when I heard that. He didn't even pause. He just kept going right on through like it was just part of the everyday vernacular for Joe Biden. I think it is. I think it is. I don't... I, I shouldn't say I don't doubt. I wouldn't doubt. Joe Biden being an actual anti-Semite. But if you use the N-word in its proper racist context, yeah, that's a terrible thing. It's a word that shouldn't be used, right? I think that remembering the early 70s where I first heard it most commonly used was in the the little – it was almost like a nursery rhyme. The kids would run around the neighborhood. Daniel Boone was a man. He was a big man. But the bear was bigger. And so forth. So he ran like a up a tree, yeah. And that I had no idea at the time what it even meant, what it was. All I knew it was in that little song. Yeah, I'm like, what is that thing? It's like, that's not a thing. That's a person. And I'm like, oh, right. Well, let me tell you this. I don't know how much time we have until the break, uh, but we got a few minutes. Okay, we got two minutes. Yeah. By the way, everyone can see you, so these signals are no longer no longer covert. So Keep them well, clean. The keep them clean. Don't keep them. It's the internet. No one cares. Okay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember when I heard the N word actually used in a racist way. So I'm not talking about someone's, you know, 
you know, I ain't talking about she ain't messing with no broke, broke. I'm not talking about singing along to some song. I'm talking about a guy using it where he was at a Bob Evans. I was at a Bob Evans in Lynchburg, Virginia. And he sat down and he said, you know, these filthy N-word. And I remember my heart about stop. I couldn't believe that I had heard someone use that in that way. And it made me realize just how rare it is. It made me realize just how rare actual hardcore racism is. We'll talk about it after the break. Louder with Crowder. So glad to be back with you. Glad to be with my next guest. Very funny gentleman. That's actually his job. That's how he makes a living. Host of The Flip Side uh, at a station near you. It's syndicated, so I never quite know how to plug that, but it's all over. Michael Loftus, thank you so much for being with us, sir. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's awesome to be here uh, on the, the wonderful Skype on the Skype wonderful and the Skype. audio. We're using technology. We're using technology. For those, yeah, who are listening terrestrially or on the audio cast, he is wearing a lovely... Um, is that is that a smoking jacket at that point? Yes, it is. This is my this is what what I call my writing jacket. This is where I do my best thoughts because I am uh, the upper crust. I thought it was where you do your best kissing of Morticia. That's <laughs> yeah, the last time I've seen a jacket like that. Uh, and, and I do my best uh, my best uh, stuff with Thing as well. Yeah, with Thing. <laughs> yeah. that was. I, I love how they tried to update it with CGI in the new film. And they were like, look, we can make it better than just a hand clearly coming out of a box. And it still was just absolutely awful. That better not be an alcoholic beverage that I'm seeing behind you. Because uh, I don't believe that that is allowed. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so, Michael. Uh, That's so, just uh, so an ice cold Diet Coke. An ice, oh, okay. Yeah, we see that now. Uh, wonderful week, we're not, obviously. We're not, looking, we're not looking for sponsors on the flip side. No, are you not? We're not looking for sponsors, but let me tell you, this Diet Coke is delicious. It can be delicious. I can't believe it's just one calorie. Hope you enjoy your brain cancer. Uh, I will say, that's one of the things, too. We can talk about that aspartame. I don't know if you're obviously drinking diet, so you don't buy into the scare right now about aspartame, where everyone's trying to tell you that it it, it kills you and it gives you the Alzheimer's? No, I don't. Because uh, a friend of mine is a chemical scientist. Uh, literally, and she's like, in a cold beverage, you're fine. But if you take like a, a, a sweet and low or an equal, and you put that in a hot beverage, it chemically changes, and that's when it gets dangerous. Oh. So, I drink the cold beverage. Oh, I live on Diet Coke, my friend. Yeah, you know, um, that makes sense because it's the same thing with styrofoam. They say that styrofoam leaches into, well, the coating, actually. It's not the styrofoam. It's the coating that's required to protect the styrofoam from beverages. will leak into hot beverages, but cold beverages, you're okay. Speaking of um, cold, Hollywood has been given uh, this American sniper the, the, the cold shoulder. See how I segued there? It's beautiful. You are obviously a stand-up. Speaking of hot, hot segue. Hot, hot segue. segue. What? Speaking of uh, and hot jacket, we uh, listen. You're a conservative, relatively libertarian. I am. You know, we've both we've both cut our teeth as stand ups for a long time, and I know you write. What What is your take on the reaction from? First off, have you seen the film? No, I haven't. I, okay. I haven't seen it. I got the, I got the screener. Yeah. Uh, to watch it for the for the Screen Actors Guild's uh, uh, awards, and I just haven't had time to sit down and watch it. 
you know, it's funny. I got I received all the screeners last year, and so I sat down, yeah. and I'm trying to remember what they were. I watched Dallas Buyers Club, and by the time it came yeah. to 12 Years a Slave, I had just tapped out. I said, I don't have enough in me. Okay, I feel bad for the AIDS thing, and we were insensitive to, you know, not even gay people, but Jared, Jared Leto as a, a transgender, and that was just rough. It's just people yeah. dying of AIDS and dirty needles. I'm like, I, I don't need to watch a four-hour a four epic on why white people suck, and we did horrible things. Um, so I kind of feel that way with the screeners now this year. They're not quite uplifting films, but American Sniper, and I, I you know, I've seen good portions of it, What's funny to me is it's not like a pro just rah rah America film, you know. If you right. look into it, it's it that's does what I want. Right, that's what you want exactly. I, I would actually honestly, why does every single film, and I'm not saying this is a liberal film, but with Hollywood, you notice every single one is about PTSD, and no soldier is coming back from war pumped that they had actually like killed bad guys. That doesn't happen anymore. No one has romanticized war. Uh, since World War II. Right. There hasn't been, like, I picked up the book, I, years ago, Eastwood did that movie, uh, Flags of Our Fathers. Yeah. So I wanted to read that book. Because I had read Ambrose's uh, Band of Brothers, which was an unbelievably great book. So I pick up uh, Flags of Our Fathers. This is going to be the guys, you know, who raised the flag on Iwo Jima. And the whole book is just like how these guys could barely deal with the psychological effects of that. And then, like, I tried to watch that Eastwood movie. The whole thing was, like, a meditation on people that were just all whacked out by it. And I'm like, yeah, it's bad. I understand it's bad. And I think I just thought, like, American Sniper was going to be more of that. Like, here's this guy who was thrown into a battle. He did his job, and now he's all whacked out at the end. Yeah, and you I, know what? It, that is, there is some of that in the film, which is why it surprises me that Hollywood has been so upset about it. And... You know, it's funny, actually. PTSD has been on the rise since World War II, and they would say it's because of modern testing methods. But actually, even with modern testing methods, when they went back to World War II soldiers, they didn't see it nearly as severe. I have a theory on that, okay? And you can tell me yeah. if I'm wrong. My theory is this. Back in World War II, they went in. Everyone was behind them. We were no longer making cars. We were making tanks. If you were you know, a coffee company, you were sending coffee to the troops. They knew they were the good guys, so they were killing bad people. Every single war yeah. since Vietnam... Hollywood's been telling our troops that they're maybe the bad guys. So now they come back and maybe believe it. I mean, if an intruder broke into your house, you know, trying to trying to kill you or rape your loved one and you killed him, you'd go have dinner. You wouldn't even feel bad. Right. But if you, it was some innocent kid and you weren't sure, wouldn't you'd have some PTSD? Yeah. yeah. And then I think the other thing, too, about like, uh, you know, World War Two is that those guys just, they just buried it deep down, and they just continued on. I know the guy, one of the guys who was, uh, this is so insane, like, in the smoking jacket, like, having this discussion about World War II, right. I feel like so, like, college professor <laughs> But I think, in, like, the guy from uh, Flags of Our Fathers, who was raised one of the flags on Iwo Jima, uh, his son wrote the book, and he said his dad never talked about it. He right. just never brought it up. I think they just, unfortunately, just had to, Suck it up. Well, hold that thought. We will. Uh, we have to keep the lights on uh, after this break. We'll be right back with Senior Mike Loftus.
You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine. But finding the right kind can be a hassle. Or maybe you want to buy a nice bottle as a gift but don't know where to start. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Simplified Wine makes buying good wine simple. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a qualified sommelier will take your information budget, send you a curated list, and then wine straight to your door. It's just that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to get great wine, but the least expensive. All you do is call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE. That's 844-297-WINE. Or don't like phone calls, you can just go to SimplifiedWine.com and hit the Simplify button. Same thing, just digital. Any wine you want, they can get. Just call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to your door. Guaranteed. What could possibly be simpler? Call Simplified Wine today. 844-297-WINE. We are back with comedian, host of The Flipside, gentleman extraordinaire, Michael Loftus. Do you go by Michael or Mike? Does that matter to you? Either one. Either one. Michael, Mike. I used to, it's weird, it's weird you should bring that up. I used to have a weird thing about it. I used to be like, hey, don't call me Mike. Don't call me Mike. But like, as you get older and you kind of realize what matters in the world, it's like, whatever. And you can't be called Just Mikey. Write the check. Right. But you can't be called Mikey ever no, since those. That's mis- where I draw the line. Yeah, well, ever since the mysterious uh, circumstances surrounding the disappearance of the life serial Mikey, no one knows what happened to him. Yeah. It's a curse. <laughs> yeah. He was uh, he was a sniper with Mr. Rogers, I believe. Right, yeah. Uh, back, great, great segue. You're hot with the segues. Back to American Sniper. You were talking about, and it's one thing, you know, for politicians to get up on air, and we have politicians constantly wanting to get on the show, you know, whether it's local senators or national congressmen. And we're not super interested because everyone knows what they're going to say. But you work in the entertainment industry. You're surrounded by leftists uh, every day. I mean, what, if you had to give an estimation, I know what I, I know what I would guess. What percentage of Hollywood would you say lean to the left? I would say sixty-five. You'd say sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent go to the left. Yeah, and thirty-five go to the right, and they just don't tell anybody about it. That is surprising to me. I would not have gone that high with right-wingers. Why do you say 35? Yeah, because I'm constantly surprised. And they might not say, like, they're, like, not dudes from, like, the Tea Party, but they're very, like, uh, as well as having you as a guest on the show on an upcoming episode, uh, this week uh, my buddy Charlie Sheen is going to be on. Right. And I did an interview with with Charlie, and even with all – you know, the hype and the madness surrounding that guy, and with his dad being Martin Sheen, who's who's very, very left, Charlie is really, really conservative. He's all about, he's way into the Constitution, and he's way into a flat tax. I asked him, like, if you could be the king of America, what would you want to do? And he was like, right out of the gate, he's like, flat tax. Let's just make this thing fair. And I'm like, awesome. Wow, flat tax, tigers, blood, and hookers. Yeah. That's the campaign slogan. That should be a Romney bunk bumper sticker. Romney winning. Tiger's blood hookers and flat tax. Charlie, Charlie says he's going to run. He's going to run with his dad. 
Oh yeah, no, that can't that can't work. He, he said it's going to be Sheen and Sheen and sixteen. <laughs> well, his dad's a nine eleven truther. Oh yeah, yeah. You didn't. Yeah, his dad was down there. You know, with the whole nine eleven is an inside job. Him and Mark Ruffalo are the big nine eleven truthers. Which listen, there are very few ideologies, or I guess concepts for which I have no respect that falls among them yeah I don't I mean I know when when those guys get going when they get ramped up they have video clips they have like (laughs) seismic charts they have professors like I just don't even go there I'm like that's cool if you want to believe it but uh, I'm just not going to get in that discussion well right and and then they send you that loose change documentary and you're just like listen and and maybe you know maybe his dad's a libertarian because I have noticed a lot of libertarians we were talking about this today actually um, tend to think 9-11 there's a reason there's such a huge contingency of them who think 9-11 was an inside job and it's because there's this sort of pervasive idea in libertarianism that government is the root of all evil kind of like some Christians say money is the root of all evil well that's taking a, a verse out of context it's money is a root meaning one of many roots of all different kinds of evil same thing with government it's not the only root of evil and I think libertarians it's a lot easier for them to think a corrupt government orchestrated this because government is evil then sometimes there just actually is evil out there and they want to kill you no matter what and maybe Martin Sheen falls under that category I don't know yeah I don't know uh, I've met the guy. I've worked with him. Everything. He seems like a really cool dude, uh, and uh, I, I just wouldn't go to the whole truther thing with him. No, it's just one of those things. It doesn't help. I'm not going to bring it up. No, it doesn't help with anyone. No matter what you do, there's no, there's no winning that conversation. Um, and it seems like there's no winning with this American sniper thing. You've seen, I'm sure, the Michael Moore and Seth Rogen comments, right? Yeah, and like that's what. Uh, like Michael Moore, like saying, like he's a coward and and all of that, and shooting people in the back. It's like the last time I checked, uh, you're you're supposed to go into a war to win it, and if that means uh, using a sniper, there's nothing cowardly about it. That's why we have an America because right. uh, we didn't fight fair in the Revolution when the English were all lining up and going, "This is how we fight our wars," and we knew we couldn't win like that. We we shot the officers and ran away like squirrels. Yeah. That's why we have a country. Because and then, we don't fight fair. Right. And then Mel Gibson made a movie about it. Yes. It's pretty yes, much... It should be celebrated. On our flag. It's it's so funny to me as someone who practices you know, submission wrestling uh, and people talk about street fights and what's allowed and what's a cheap shot. You know, our flag might as well just read United States of America. We kicked Britain in the balls. Because that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, this was I, I did a I did a show uh, for um, the History Channel, and I and I I did, I did a huge set just about like we have a country because we fought dirty, the the Revolutionary War, and then the War of eighteen twelve when England was so mad they lost to us because we cheated. Right. They came back and tried to take the country. We fought dirty er. We invented guerrilla warfare. Sure. Why are we talking about fighting fair? Well, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you remember when the UFC first came out, like in 1993. Do you remember that? Yeah. And there was Hoist Gracie was the guy who won the first. uh, He won three. He won number one and two and then four because he got injured in the third one. This is when you'd have to fight four times a night. There were no rules. There were no weight classes. Uh, You were allowed everything except for eye gouging 
and biting, and they loosely enforced the biting rule. And what's so funny is everyone had this concept of what fighting was, right? It was going to be the Bruce Lee, what the, all that stuff. And this guy, Hoist Gracie, who looked like a kid in his dad's pajamas, was just choking the life out of people. I mean, if the ref didn't yeah. come in, that man is dead. Uh, and I remember Jim Brown, the football player who, who famously beat his broad, like following Muhammad's lead, he said, uh, we've learned tonight that fighting is not what we thought it was because it was put, put, put them up, put up your dukes, put them up, see? Yeah. And then all of a sudden some guy wrapped you up and choked you. And, uh, and that's exactly what America did with the English Empire. Yeah, yeah. My buddy, uh, a buddy of mine in Columbus, Ohio, studies with one of the, I guess it's a real, the Gracie family is really huge. Yes. And he studies with one, one of the sons. And I think it's uh, the elder Gracie. He's like 70-something years old. Well, there's, yeah, there's uh, Helio Gracie. And actually, his, his uh, grandson will be a, a guest next week. Helio Gracie's, uh, he's dead years old. But... Carlson okay. Gracie is the older one who's out in the Midwest in Chicago, and then he has a lot of affiliates uh, out there. Yeah, I mean, and he's still a tough old, a tough old dude. My buddy fought him. Oh, geez. My buddy fought him. My buddy's like 38 years old. He's been studying their school of Brazilian street fighting jiu-jitsu for about three years now, and that old man whooped his butt. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, if, I, if I'm ever in a street fight... I want somebody who knows the Gracie family style of fighting. What? I don't want to be like, it's fisticuffs. Now put them up. No underhooks, no jab jabbities. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you do now, I got <laughs> No, no. Stomp his toe, choke him out with his own smoking jacket, and walk away to fight another day. You know, it's so funny you say that. I was talking about this with my dad. My dad, by the way, is like a national champ. He's high-level jujitsu at 54. Well, you met my dad. Yeah, Fantastic. big dude. Big dude for a guy's age. Very athletic. But we were talking about the fighting Irish. Think of that pose for a second. It's like, oh, we're, we're fighting Irish. This guarantees I can generate no power, and for sure a slight jab will break my lead wrist. I mean, <laughs> that yeah. jab comes – you can do nothing with that, uh, that stance. I don't know right. who came up with it. right. That's when white people ruled boxing. You had a white guy, <laughs> right? A white guy with his with his thumbs pointed towards himself, and then one day a black guy's like, "I'd like to try this," and just went over the top. And just, yeah, and you know it's funny, it's true, and I, I hate to I hate to perpetuate the negative white stereotype, but um, the the dancing thing where people are like white people can't dance, it just wasn't the same part of our culture. If you look at where dance sort of originated with 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 black people, so there is absolutely a fluidity of movement in their cultural form of dances that lends itself to athletics. And boxing is really footwork. A, a lot of good boxers, they'll take dancing, and, and white people just didn't have it. They were just they were moving around like Woody Harrelson and white men can't jump and um, getting their butts kicked for a while. What's funny, though, you know, it's funny you bring that up. Um, I don't know if you know this. Boxing is almost always, or combat sports are almost always, they're one of the best indicators of uh, the the current underclass at that time. So as you know, uh, Irish dominated for a while when they were coming over. Then the Italians, yeah. they really discriminated against in black people. And then now you have the Klitschko's, the Russians, who are sort of coming out of this poverty. So the societal yeah. implications are kind of interesting. And um, I don't know how to tie it that is. back into Hollywood, but there you go. <laughs> well, isn't that, but isn't that also what people in Hollywood do? They come out here to, to pursue their dreams because they have no other... No other options. They're willing to take that long shot, just like the young man in the boxing ring. I don't know. I'm trying. I don't know. That's a, good, that's a good point. Well, listen, 
what you do, I've always said this, you know, hosting a radio show for three hours is difficult, but it is so easy compared to stand-up comedy. So when you see these celebrities, people like, you know, Rogan and Moore, and people who are talented in their own right, but a lot of people who've never done stand-up. I mean, do you think... I'm trying to frame this in a way so that you don't get in trouble for what I'm about to ask you. Let me start with this. Do you think stand-up is the hardest okay. thing to do in showbiz? Mm, maybe. <laughs> I'm sure there's other stuff that's harder. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I love it so much. I love it so much that even though I get tweaked out and I worry and I fret and, I, and the, there's anxiety and blah, 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 when I'm up there, it's so liberating. It doesn't even feel like work. I know it terrifies a lot of people I guess it's like one of the big fears is public speaking but uh, yeah. to me it's uh, acting film acting I think is incredibly hard See? and then acting on stage like Broadway the dudes who are on Broadway and they do like two shows every day and three on Saturday and they have to get those emotions and own that oh that to me that's insane see I think that's way easier you go up you sing a couple show tunes you pretend to be a gay guy for a bit I mean, compared, like when you're up, I, I mean, I don't know, and I've, I've seen some of your stand-up, you're really bearing, you're bearing so much of your soul, and the problem is you're bearing your soul, but obviously not everything you say is 100% true, but there's that standard held to you. You know, Jim Norton talks about that, where if, if uh, uh, Farrell Williams or if Kanye West goes up and sings about, you know, raping someone, no one bats an eye or takes it seriously, but if a comic makes a joke about AIDS... All of a sudden, it's just, how can this person do it? They don't give you the same creative license. And I feel like, and we talked about this on your show, it's gotten so much worse. It's accelerated in the last few years, the freedom of speech issue, that stand-up is not the same landscape it was even five years ago. No, no, it, it's, it's really not. And uh, a buddy of mine actually does a bit about it. Uh, he's a, he's a uh, friend of mine. He's a black guy. He's a comic. And he talks about the, the racism that you can say on stage versus the racism that's in like a lot of hip hop. And he says, I guess it's okay to be offensive as long as it has a crazy good beat. And then he, uh, he does this thing where he like starts doing a beatbox and then starts talking about Italians and ethnic, you know, and the Chinese, but it's like, but, but you know what, but because it's a rap that he's doing, everybody laughs. This is <laughs> It's true. It makes it easy. It makes it palatable. I always say, well, they, you know, the deposition on Paula Dean, and we can end on this. The deposition for Paula Dean was, have you ever used the N-word? And she said yes. And I've said on the air multiple times, if someone ever asked me, Stephen Crowder, have you ever used the N-word? Every single time I sing along to Kanye's college dropout in the car, you can't pin it on me. <laughs> That's, it's one of my favorite albums, but it's got a beat to it. So it's okay. Michael Loftus, where can people uh, find you and your fantastic show, The Flipside? They go to uh, theflipsideshow.com, and there's a great big uh, map of the United States, and they click on the state that they live in, and then there's a list of stations where they can find us. Uh, we're also on Dish TV, and we are on um, AT&T, U-verse. Oh, very nice. Well, thank you for being with us, sir, and we will have to have you and your uh, luxurious smoking jacket back. Absolutely. Only if you promise to be on the flip side again, my friend. Absolutely. Love the show. Love what you're doing, for sure. Thanks again, Michael. All right. Take care. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600. We've got more Louder with Crowder coming up after the top of the hour right here on Wham! Talk 1600. Don't go anywhere.
for the Motor City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Good morning. Good 7 o'clock morning. Such a nice morning for a 7 o'clock hour of the morning. I hate you, 7 o'clock. <laughs> I hope to never see you again. Well, it's it's even earlier for you, because aren't you in a totally different time zone than me? Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the exotic time zone of Grand Rapids, you dummy. Oh, I thought you were in Texas or California oh, or Arizona. No. My life just stopped outside of Livonia. Uh, well, no, I grew up in Livonia. But, yeah. I don't know what's out there. It's like the Truman Show. I think there's a big dome. You're a moron. <laughs> I think it's pretty safe to say that we're we're, we're both we're morons. both morons. Yeah, definitely. I don't think either of us denies it. That's the it's but it's okay. For you and I to use the word it's moron. A, it's okay for you and me to use moron. It's, it's, it's okay for you and me to use the word moron. But if somebody else calls us morons, that, we'll defend it. The irony of that phrase, it's okay for you and me to use moron. <laughs> the irony to moronically correct grammar. In a way, by the way, in a way, you were correct. You were entirely yeah, correct. That's how that's how unself-important we are. Unlike that, <laughs> unlike that rube Bill O'Reilly who said he was more important than the president. That guy drives me nuts. He drives me nuts too. And I do appreciate this not only about, of course, Wham, my beautiful home station. To those listening online, oh, there's the Star Wars mug. Fun Dip is drinking from a lovely Star Wars mug I got him for Christmas. I do appreciate that we have the ability to be independent, and we are never, for all of Wham's faults because no one is perfect, we are never told what to say or what we cannot say, aside from, you know, FCC violations. You know, I've, I've, other people, well, you can't say that about O'Reilly because we're friends with O'Reilly. The inbreeding in the conservative movement is just disgusting. And people should be able to call someone out. They should be able to be honest. You shouldn't cannibalize conservatives. But by the way, Bill O'Reilly is not a conservative at all. I, I, I don't know where that where that started. He's not even like a typical middle-of-the-road kind of guy. You can't peg what he's going to say about a left-leaning issue or what he's going to say about a right-leaning issue. Oh, sure you can. Whatever's most convenient for Mr. O'Reilly. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's his, his main issue. By the way, speaking of uh, whatever's most convenient, remember this White House, what was it, two, three days ago, uh, didn't recognize the Taliban as a terrorist organization? Remember that story? Speaking of morons. Yes. Well, uh, just today, Taliban claimed responsibility for a shooting that killed three Americans and one Afghan. Just today. Just today. How do you... uh, Let me read this report, I guess, before I go into my rant. A U.S. official confirmed that the shooting occurred at about 6.40 p.m. local time Thursday. Okay, so yesterday. There was no... Further comment because the incident was under investigation. The Taliban's claim of responsibility came in a message from spokesman Zabihullah Mujahideed. No, nothing good comes from someone named Zabihullah Mujahideed. You might get some good falafel. This show took a very racist turn. Very, <laughs> I love food. You think? You love, <laughs> we love food, but it, you, can't, you can't condense an entire ideological ethnic racial group of people 
to a serving size. Hey, listen, I make a lot of really good potato dishes. Oh, that's true. Now, you're German, Irish, English. And Newfie. You don't have any Jewish in you? No, uh, I would I would no. like to because I love a lot of the Jewish traditions, but I don't have any actually in me. Do you put a menorah up at your house? Uh, yeah, my kid uh, puts a menorah up next to the Christmas tree because he goes to the Jewish Community Center uh, for uh, for uh, part of the day for daycare and stuff like that. So, One of the funniest stand-up bits, and we'll get back to the Taliban killing three people, but one of the funniest stand-up bits I've ever heard in my life was um, Gary Gullman, and he talked about how he played a basketball at the jewish cultural center and he was sitting there goes i played basketball at the jewish cultural center he goes and they had the glass reinforced so that it wouldn't shatter from a dunk he goes yes that wouldn't shatter from a dunk he goes by the way in the history of the nba there have been three shatters of the glass not one of them by a nine-year-old Jewish boy. <laughs> <laughs> but my, you know, it's just a Jewish thing. My mom always, always obsessed with safety. Well, you know, you should re, you should reinforce it, Gary. Reinforce the rim. You never know. You never know, Gary. You never know. No, mom. Sometimes you know. <laughs> not one of them from a nine-year-old Jewish boy, uh, or any nine-year-old boy, really. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine any nine-year-old boy breaking a backboard. What was that? No one can see you on the radio right I'm, now. I'm doing my uh, basketball impression. The fact that you can... <laughs> what? You call it a basketball impression is uh, an incredible ind- indictment. Uh, a basket- on basketballer? What's a guy, a basketballer, the guy that plays basketball? For those of you who can't see, who aren't watching this online, <laughs> video cast, uh Fun Dip's basketball impression, which I'm assuming is supposed to be a pantomime of a jump shot, looks like a gay shot put. <laughs> <laughs> like he were to extend the shot put and then put the wrist down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the Taliban. So Mujahideen said the militant uh, had infiltrated the ranks of Afghanistan's forces to stage the attack and wore an Afghan police uniform, an Afghan official. The country's defense ministry said the attacker was an Afghan army uniform. According to the Washington Post, Mujahideen, Mujahid, sorry, Mujahid. It's all Mujah, Mujah, Naga, not going to work here no more. Mujahidid added in a tweet that the terrorist had opened fire on invaders before he was martyred by return fire. It was immediately clear. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so the end, the end result here, is that Americans were killed by a terrorist organization. And it's just perfect timing that this administration only a couple days ago said, oh, that's not a terrorist organization. Nothing to see here. All is well. Move along, move along. These aren't move the along. droids you're looking for. Exactly, move along. I knew you were going to say that. I knew those words were going to come out of your mouth. Damn it, fun dip. What makes you think that I would say anything from Star Wars? You have to admit it. You got several mugs for Christmas, but you must—you prefer the Star Wars mug. Oh, at least on Friday mornings. At least on Friday mornings. I love the one that I got. It, I got a white one that I use for my tea, and then I just recently got one from the Ford Piquette plant, which is where the Model T was born. And I just—I love coffee mugs, especially since most of the places where you go to get souvenirs now, they don't have my size and shirts. So I've got a lot more coffee <laughs> mugs since, since I've become a fat bugger. 
Hey. It's coffee mugs and fridge magnets for me until I lose 100 pounds. Maybe we can give you a t-shirt. No, just give me one of those little uh, things that moves like a snake. I'll take a tent. <laughs> you got any size tarp? <laughs> uh, that, that thing that you put over the car in the winter, I'll take one of those. Yeah, I know. It's. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I shouldn't. See, you said tent, and so I felt like I... I I had license to join in with the tarp joke, but it, <laughs> I don't have the fat pass. We've talked no, about. No, this. yeah, yeah, you don't have the fat pass. I don't One of these days, though, you know, we'll get you fat. You'll be all set. I don't see it happening. <sighs> well, but you're getting healthy. You're getting healthy, and we need to do this as an update, maybe for our audience, where we can do maybe a weekly update on Fun Dips Health. I did start taking the thyroid meds, but then I read a news report about British candy imports not being not continuing and i thought to myself oh my gosh i've got to stock up so i bought a hundred dollars worth of british chocolates the hell does it have to do with your thyroid well no i'm just thinking about oh my gosh if i keep eating all of that that's gonna be trouble i'm hearing a pop-up from someplace and i don't know where it's coming from so i'm trying to stop this pop-up i don't know if it's on your computer or mine but no it's not coming from my computer i've closed everything but you so now it's uh it's solid Okay. Well, just learn how to use the the internet. Okay, Al Gore invented it so that we could be blessed with its technology, and you're spitting in the face of Al Gore. Right oh, now. Yeah, I that's perfectly fine with me. What I want to be able to do is have traffic, weather, and Crowder all up on the same computer. What I want to be able to do is not let me take things in tangents. Yes, yes, is not <laughs> let you interject into some Star Wars tangent that nobody uh with uh, a wife cares about. My and- wife on match.com said girl with a passion for sci-fi. Did you meet your wife on match.com? Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that after the break because we've got to hit one here. So, uh after the break we will talk more about the Taliban terrorism. And fun tip, meeting his wife on Match.com. I thought that he met on ItPutsTheLotionOnItSkin.com. Or else it gets the hose again. Listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk sixteen hundred. You are listening. I am your host, Stephen Crowder. I'm so glad to be back. Listen, this is one of those weeks, and, and Fundip and I have talked about this. I never want to be in the business of manufacturing news. Um, I want to talk about what actually matters, offer opinion, maybe insight on what actually matters. We don't have a 24-hour news cycle here on Ladder with Crowder. And that's what's kind of beautiful about having a, a Friday show. You know, we've talked about this. There's the possibility of Ladder with Crowder going daily. If I were to do that, I would never want to do more than a two-hour show. I just think it's self-important. It's self-righteous. And at that point, you know, if a host is doing, for example, there are a lot of six-hour morning shows. If a host is doing a four-hour... <laughs> there's maybe one. No, there's, there's I know of four no one in their right mind would do six-hour morning no, shows. No, you know what they do? Not even a music show. They do five hours and rerun the first hour. 
And that to me is just lazy. You're insulting your audience when you do that. You're insulting your audience. You're just trying to make as much ad revenue as possible and you're greedy and you're no longer actually fulfilling your obligations to serve the news, to serve the public. You're just trying to sell your public to advertisers. And let's be honest, this week is a pretty slow news week for, by, by all measurable barometers. And you can hear this hour again coming up at 8. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we get in, get out, quick, dirty. Well, it's my mindset, and I've been in radio since 89, my mindset has been if you're doing a music show, you do a four-hour or a four-and-a-half. You do from 5.30 to 10 or 6 to 10 yeah. morning show. And if you're doing a talk show, you do those in three-hour segments based on the one first talk show that I ever became addicted to that yeah, start, started off with the pretenders, you know? Yeah, but you know what? I think it should be two hours. I don't think it should be three. I understand you think you know three is just kind of the way it's been done, but if you think about it, two hours is really how long a host should be on the air if they're doing a daily show. They don't need to be on for three hours. No one needs to be on the air for three it, hours. It depends upon how young they are, really. I mean, if you can hold it for three hours, do a show. I can hold it for three hours, but I'm saying it's better to... You, after two hours, you've offered all of the insight. You've offered all of the information you really can on that topic for that day. Time to move along and let someone else do it. I just believe in more voices at the table. And I know, it. listen, it's counterintuitive. That doesn't help me. I can make more advertising revenue if I do three, four, five, six hours a day. Six We're doing, is insane. Six is insane. We're doing three hours once a week. So th that's perfectly fine. I mean, we could do a four-hour show once a week since we're doing it once a week. But this week is a Not with me, you couldn't. I know I couldn't, and I don't three want Three hours is perfect. Three hours is perfect. Uh, perfect. Perfect. Hey, Mo. Yeah, you just, uh, yeah, I just took it in a direction that was unnecessary. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, I was drawing those pictures of Mo Howard. So, you know. And you also just threw off your camera entirely where you're out of focus. Or you're going to have to bring your face back in so that it works. There you go. See how beautiful you look. For people who are listening live terrestrially, you can always catch it online at ladderwithcredder.com or the video segments uh, at ladderwithcredder.com. Afterward, we catalog this into videos so you can see Fun Dip and the whole beautiful studio. Although why you'd want to see my ugly face is Oh, it's my what keeps me going on Thursday night is I know I get to wake up to your beautiful mug. But Yeah, get I went out of my bed, you weirdo. <laughs> I want to run that clip of Kevin Costner again for those who missed it in the first hour and make a point on uh, on this interview. So if you bring that up, Fun Dip, please, at that time code 115. It's important for you to realize that Kevin Costner is Coming out of the closet, he may not be a conservative, but more and more is a reasonable person who doesn't play into the Hollywood narrative of black versus white and rich versus poor and corporation versus government and Christians versus non-theism. He just doesn't play into all of those narratives. And so I'm, I'm not quick to claim someone like that as a conservative because, because conservatives are so desperate to have someone in a Hollywood spotlight. But he's saying some good things that I'm happy to hear. Are we ready to roll that clip, Fun Dip? Uh, yes, I've got the beautiful Compton. bean footage. I grew up well, let's go. I was there for the first eight years of my life. Um, uh, so my extended family, my, my immediate family, I, we, I was very conscious of these words. And uh, I don't ever th remember them being said in anger. I don't ever remember them being said. But it doesn't mean they weren't arrogant. It, do it doesn't mean they weren't callous. They weren't, you know, they weren't people's feelings. And... Uh, so I saw it. I used those words. You, you've used the, you said the N word. Sure. In other Multiple words. Multiple times. Yeah. When I was when, when I was 
in my teens. And there's one day, you know, playing against uh, other athletes. Uh, you know, don't, don't forget, we're talking about 1955 yeah. to 1963, of course. Yeah. And so I can So what's so good about that is, uh, man, okay, I've got to be careful because you're talking about a guy admitting to using the N-word, right? Anytime you get into that, someone's ready to call you a racist. What I love about Kevin Costner is he walked right into it and said, of course I've used that word. He didn't say it's acceptable to use that word in its proper racist context, like, like Joe Biden with Shylock and the Jews. Um, but for someone to say, have you ever used the N-word, and this, this CNN host to act shocked, ask that host, have you ever used the N-word? The, the importance that we place on words versus context is incredible to me. Paula Dean, the big deposition question, okay, fun dip, oh, yeah. was, have you ever used the N-word? That was what created the cascade. You know Paula Dean. Yeah, yeah. The Ursula-looking Little Mermaid lady. She really does look like her, but I, I've never actually watched her show. Is it still on? Um, I think she's gone from diabetes. She's hanging out with Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> I got the uh, yeah. She's doing some Wilford Brimley commercials. Yeah, but it was. Have you ever used the N word? And the answer was yes. To me, the fact that that is, you're you're done. Ask me, Fundip. Have you ever? Ask me if I've ever used that word. Have you ever used the N word? Every single time I sing along to one of my favorite albums, Kanye West's College Dropout. And I know some conservatives will get mad because oh, Kanye West. Listen, he's an ass, but he's also a brilliant MC. I like hip hop. I know it surprises a lot of people, but you don't look like you would like hip hop. I know I don't look like I like hip hop, but Kanye, Weird Science, even go old school kids under the stairs. Um, I'm a fan. I sing along with CeeLo Green's "Fu." That's got it in it. He's got it in. I don't even know if you can say that on air. But the point is, someone having used a word is not the end game. It's the context. I actually heard someone for the first time in my life use the N word in its proper racist context, okay? And I remember where and when this happens. happened. It was at a Bob Evans in Lynchburg, Virginia. Down on the farm. Yeah. No, well, nothing good happens at a Bob Evans in Lynchburg, Virginia. And this guy said, you know, you got these filthy, boom, N-word, clear as day, and it about stopped my heart. It about stopped my heart. I had and I realized, wow, I've never heard anyone in my life use this in a way that was designed to be painful, that was designed to be racist. And it hit me. That's what's so important about that. That shows us how rare that hard racism is because you would you would believe, if you believed Hollywood and the left, that people are just walking around using it all the time or that it's the same thing for someone to quote a movie line. When I heard that guy use that word, obviously it was incredibly offensive, but it also showed me just how few and far between people like that are. Louder with Crowder. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades. All of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. 
Who doesn't love to dance? Who doesn't love to be happy? I'll tell you who, the terrorists. And if you don't dance to your happy songs, if you don't dance to your happy inner song, the terrorists have won. Isn't that right, Fundev? I wholeheartedly agree. I may look goofy when I dance, but I do enjoy dancing. That's also a problem. I so, go I go places where there's not a lot of light to dance. Well, your your light life doesn't have a lot of light. <laughs> yes, it does. I've got my wonderful kids and my it's, charming wife and my three beautiful cats. It's a lightless life that you have. Which, by the way, you know what's so nice about building the studio in my house is Hopper, who, by the way, is great to deaden sound in a room. Oh, Hopper's cool. He's a good dog. He's just sitting there. He's just sitting there chilling. He's a little confused as to what's going on at f- at five a.m. when I'm getting into the studio. He just he just doesn't care. He does not like getting up early. No one does. Some dogs love it. I knew a guy who would get up at four a.m. just because the dog would want to go out for a walk, and I was like, man. You just can't give in to that. You've got to discipline that dog and teach the dog that he works on your schedule. It doesn't take long for a dog to realize, oh, if I, if I get up at 5 and they close their door and they're not going to answer, I might as well just wait until 8 a.m. Of course, they can train the human, too, by making a mess right in front of the door in the hallway every morning. They, oh, I thought you meant. I thought you meant. See, I, I really, my, my head was in the wrong place. I thought you were saying the parents could train a human, meaning like they could train their child by making a mess in the hallway. No, the dog trains the human. You'd better let me out, or I'm going to continue to make this mess in the hallway. That makes more sense. But they can't train the human. Here's the thing: dogs don't like that themselves. Dogs don't like messes. They don't eat where they defecate. Uh, they don't want to congregate where they defecate. So it's actually uh, it's self-defeating. And that's why you let them live with it for a bit. And they realize, I don't, I don't want this again. And they stop. It only takes once or twice. The problem is no one wants to deliver tough love as whether you're the parent whose kid, you know, spills over the coffee in the coffee aisle or the person with the dog who is completely out of control, who's nipping at every other dog's, uh, you know, nether regions at the dog park. Well, I've had that. I had a little Pomeranian bite at Hopper's, uh, Hopper's little, uh, little sisters there. And, um, I said, get your dog, you know, get your dog away from my dog because Hopper was nice, just kind of, and looked at me. But here's the thing about Hopper, you know, he's an 85 pound, 90 pound, you know, looks like a pit bull, great Dane mix. We live by his mercy. Really? If he just decided one night he wanted to take us out, there's nothing you can do to stop that animal. <laughs> Unless you have a gun, bedside. You're not stopping it. But he's incredibly well-behaved. But I also feel bad because little dogs have often nipped at him, and he doesn't respond, and I pull him back. And I feel bad. Like, it's, I shouldn't be pulling him back. You know, I feel like, you know, you should be able to defend yourself. I'm kind of kneecapping you here. So I've set in my head that if a dog... Uh, if a dog actually does attack Hopper, that I'm going to let him go. No, don't do that because then you'll get the, the left-wingers who will have him put down, even though he was just defending himself. No, no one's putting down my dog. It's not going to happen. It's, it, you know what? He's such a well-behaved dog. There's such a track record of him. If he were to ever actually bite a dog who had attacked him, it would be so well-warranted. I mean, this, this Pomeranian bit him. Bit him. In the... 
Ow. Actually, no, he, he, he nipped there, but he actually did, like, bite him in the nose. Uh, and uh, then he was kind of, like, sniffing and, you know, snapping near that area. Like, wow, when he was there kind of sniffing his, his, his uh, Where his dogs vegetables. Yeah. And Hopper just kind of did that turn back to him and looked at us like, hey, what's going on? I'm, I'm not a fan of this. And I thought, I was like, you are showing incredible restraint because if someone were nipping um, at my, uh, my <laughs> mentionables. <laughs> now there's a visual we don't want. Get out of here! Get out of here! What are you doing down there? Speaking of unmentionables, Bill O'Reilly can't stand this guy. You want to talk about a fake conservative? You want to talk about a guy who sells his audience to the highest bidder? You want to talk about a guy whose views are for sale? Let's talk about Bill O'Reilly. So he took some pot shots at Sarah Palin this week, in case you didn't see. And by the way, listen, I, I like Sarah as a person. Governor Palin, I think she's a nice person. Um, I've spent a, a little bit of time with her and her, her husband at CPAC, and they were very, very nice. I would probably prefer if she didn't run. Doesn't mean that I wouldn't vote for her. I, I just think she may not necessarily be the right candidate for this time. She's cute. Uh, she, she's cute, and, and she would make a much better president than Barack Obama. But I honestly think she can probably be more effective with what she's doing than being president. So that's why. So... I have to be fair. She would not be my first pick right now, and not because I think she's useless or because she's dumb, but because I think she can serve her purpose better elsewhere. But Bill O'Reilly said, Sarah Palin, Donald Trump, Chris Christie may all run for president on the Republican side. Wow. Talk about a reality show. And went on to take some jabs at Sarah Palin. It would would make a good show, though. It would make a good show. But obviously the veiled, it's a veiled insult. And this is a guy, so now there's a spat between him and Sarah Palin, and people kind of have to pick sides. I don't believe in cannibalizing conservatives, okay? I, I think it's entirely unnecessary. It's overplayed. But the good thing is Bill O'Reilly is not a conservative. So here are the top reasons why I don't like O'Reilly and why O'Reilly is not a real conservative. Uh, Palin called him a quasi-conservative. Uh, number one, he's a pervert. These are all up at louderwithcrowder.com, by the way. Any boss that repeat, repeatedly propositions his female employees for phone sex, as O'Reilly did, is a pervert. You can read about it. You can find the transcripts. By the way, the ones that you will find are whitewashed. There was a lot of money and a lot of manpower spent into making that go away. Do you remember the phone sex scandal with Bill O'Reilly? No. Yeah, I've, I've got to look into this. Yeah. Well, if you go to lotterwithcrowder.com right now, we have all the links up there. It's It was... Was pretty rough, and I, you know, listen. Obviously, I know people who worked in the show. I, I'm still friends with some people who work there. Um, now, did they participate? Did they give in? Well, these are mostly male employees. Well, you never know. It's 2015. Actually, what actually happened with the phone sex scandal from the inside baseball is so shocking. Whatever it is that you think is the most filthy thing you could imagine. I don't know. I can imagine some pretty add, filthy things. Add it times five. But you can read the transcript at Ladder with Crowder. So that's the first one. Number two, this guy, Bill O'Reilly, s- s- super conservative. All the 90-year-olds, ah, O'Reilly's my guy. He abuses the legal system in an attempt to control women. Yep, that's right. O'Reilly used his police contacts to have a boyfriend of his former wife investigated simply because he was dating his former wife. Uh, by the way, he paid them a nice hunk of cash, too. So... I don't even know if that's legal. It's certainly not kosher. Uh, number three, Bill O'Reilly lies regularly. 
As a matter of fact, Killing Lincoln is not offered for sale at Ford's uh, Ford Theater's museum, the bookstore, because the museum said that it had, it had too many factual errors and a lack of documentation. So, you know, he has Killing Lincoln, he has Killing Jesus, all these books, and that's just that perfect clickbait title. Killing Jesus, Killing Lincoln, ah! So it's great to get people in there, and it's fine if you use that to actually inform people, but it turns out that a lot of it was factually inaccurate. Number four, he's an arrogant ass. Bill O'Reilly told Newsweek, I have more power than anybody other than the president in the sense that I can get things changed quickly. That means more power than the, more power than the vice president, more power than the Speaker of the House, more power than the Israeli Prime Minister, even more power than his own boss, I guess, Roger Ailes at Fox News. I wonder how, I wonder how Roger feels about that. Um, and then finally, number five, I, I, we, I just wish I tried to find an edited version and there's no way to find the edited version of the Bill O'Reilly freakout tape. You've seen that, right? Oh, yeah, that's excellent. We'll do it live! F it! <laughs> we'll do it live! F it! Thing sucks! I'll write it and we'll do it live! By the way, he's also an idiot in that clip. He goes, Sting, to play us out. I don't know what that, I don't know what that means, to play us out. You've been in radio for how many years? I mean, how long did it take you to figure out what to play us out means about uh, like one day one day he's been at this point is an inside edition he's been doing i don't know what that means to play us out we'll do it for those of you who haven't seen it go to ladderwithcrider.com we have the video up there it's, it's hilarious it's the, legendary it is there's only the, there's only one clip that surpasses it is it the ingram no casey Kasem. oh that's right that's the all-time greatest dude losing it clip ever my favorite is Mel Gibson. Now, we can't play it on air, but did you ever hear the, the, the phone conversation? But, with see, he's not losing it in a studio. He's just losing it in a phone call. But what is so funny about that, and I'll have to talk away from the mic because he's just yelling and he's freaking out. He's sitting there, you know, just cussing out this woman. And I guess the, her biggest crime was she fell asleep before he was ready to get into the hot tub. So he was really mad. And I get it. You know, if you get excited, like hot tub is fun or like we've all had those moments where, you know, you're ready to do something or watch a film or go somewhere and then your wife falls asleep because she's tired and you get up you get irritated right but then you see her asleep and she's cute and you're like oh i love her and then it ends there but mel gibson freaked out but what's funny in his freak out as he's sitting there so he's cussing her out he's yelling these horrible things you know your fake boobs look stupid you look stupid they look fake you look like a floozy but he didn't say floozy and then finally what i find so funny is this tape the most horrendous things you can possibly imagine and then it goes into this. He goes, you have no soul. You have no freaking soul. But I will give you one more chance. <laughs> 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 but I will give you one more chance to prove yourself. And then she's like, I don't want, I, I don't want, I don't want one more, one more chance. She's like rushing or something. He's like, you have no soul. And it goes back into it. <laughs> Now, who was the guy that was losing it on the floor with a hamburger? Was that? Oh, David that was Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. That was a funny one too. This whole thing's a mess. It's like what an idiot. And that none of those guys are worse than Bill O'Reilly. So that's to draw that point. You've got Sarah Palin. Listen, she's not perfect. I would never claim Sarah Palin is perfect. And I'm. I, I hate the the problem with Sarah Palin is not Sarah Palin. It's the Sarah Palin followers. You can't be even remotely critical of Sarah Palin without them saying that you hate Sarah Palin. And then if you remotely praise her, people say you love her. So, for example, 
I've talked about how generally I like Sarah Palin. I think she's a good person. Uh, I don't necessarily know that I think she's the best candidate for president. She could be. Let her go in the primaries and we'll find out. That statement alone is enough to get the lovers of Palin to hate me and the haters of Palin to hate me. Uh, The point I'm making here is if you're going to have to line up on either side of the fence, Sarah Palin or Bill O'Reilly, I'm going to go with the former governor who seems to have her stuff together, who seems pretty sweet. She's pretty cute as opposed to uh, the phone sex, stalking, arrogant criminal Bill O'Reilly. She definitely has better legs than him. She has better everything than him. Because he has no soul! (laughs) Speaking of soul, let's bring us out with some soul to the break, and uh, we will be back to wrap up this hour, and then we're going to have Ed Morrissey on with us in the third hour. Oh, yeah, he got some, uh, some of the faces there before Rod Stewart became Rod Stewart. Louder with Crowder. We will talk to you after the break. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600. You are listening to Louder with the Crowder. I am your host. Bob just said that, man. Louder with the Crowder? No, see, I added the. Oh, so you make it completely different. Yeah. See, I give it my own little, I give it my own little flavor. The Louder with the Crowder. It's kind of like tossing lemon zest on a salad. <laughs> You're a weirdo. <laughs> I am a weirdo. Have you read about these uh, these measles outbreaks? I try to avoid the measles. Well, I think everyone tries to avoid the measles, and I'm assuming that you have been vaccinated, right? At some point in the 70s, I think. Well, you know, a lot of people now are against vaccinations. You've seen these people. Oh, yeah. That's the big trend now. Oh, vaccines are bad. Vaccines make you autistic. For the, by the way, there's no proof that that's the case. There's no proof that vaccines cause early onset autism or anything like that. So it's important just when people, whatever someone says, you know, well, it's important to get the information. Where are you getting your information? And then they deliver you a bunch of information. It's like I'm be- getting it from this idiot that's sitting next to me on the bus. Right. Well, just be critical of their information. They want you to be critical of all information from the man, but not theirs. And listen, I just wrote a piece for The Blaze, actually, that should go up soon, uh, about the FDA and the USDA scam. And believe me, it is a scam. The whole organic food deal is a scam. Uh, The FDA labeling supplement industry is absolutely a scam. But for something to become a drug, and this is what I find so funny, and it sort of leads into the vaccine conversation because the measles are breaking out at Disney World right now. Um, for someone to say the drug companies want to keep you sick, and they don't want you to, they don't want you to be using supplements because they want to keep you sick. That's the dumbest thing ever. Well, it, not only is it dumb, but the biggest supplement companies in the world are owned by pharmaceutical companies. So either way, they would be making a profit. Yeah, either either way, they're making money. That's what they're doing. They're making money regardless of whether you're buying a pill with some root that does nothing for you or if you're buying an actual drug that could save some kind of a life-threatening illness. Either way, they're making money. 
So the idea that the drug companies are diametrically opposed to supplement companies is not true because they own supplement companies. Um, I, I have that. I have it up in front of me. It's either Pfizer or GlaxoSmithKline. One of the big ones owns Centrum, and uh, one of the other big ones owns One a Day. Where you know these are plus iron. Plus iron. Actually, you do not want iron as a man in your multivitamin. Did you oh, know that? I, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, you don't want iron in your multivitamin as a man because your body can't expel it that quickly. Now, for women, they have their monthly cycle. I'm not saying this to be gross, but they have their monthly cycle, so it's important that they get iron because they lose a lot of iron. You know, you're, you're, you lose iron. Your yeah. iron is very concentrated in your blood, whereas for men, it can become quite toxic if you get too much iron and it builds up. And if you have red meat even a few times a week, and you have it for breakfast with your Hebrew National hot dogs, you're getting enough iron. It, iron deficiency is very, very rare, but iron toxicity in men who take multivitamins is much more common. Well, I think the one-a-day plus iron commercial is the, is the women's vitamin, if I remember correctly. I think so. Yeah, yeah and especially for older women, you know, calcium, they kind of market it for osteoporosis. Uh, but this is the thing. Whenever someone tells you, we're alternative medicine, you immediately have to be critical because there is a scientific process that goes into creating a vaccine, that goes into creating a drug. I'm not saying you shouldn't be critical of pharmaceutical companies. Listen, I don't. I try and avoid taking any drugs. I don't even like taking Tylenol if I don't have. I don't to. even want to stand next to the lead guitarist. Yeah, <laughs> well, you, you can you can get high off of secondhand waftings with some of those people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, so I'm not a pro drug guy. But I am a pro-science guy. And so vaccinations have gone through the process, the very, very difficult process of what is, what's required for a vaccination, let alone you know, a drug to actually be approved. You have to have double-blind, placebo-controlled clinical trials. People don't understand there's a huge difference between clinical studies and then double-blind clinical studies and then double-blind, placebo-controlled clinical trials trials not studies studies are observational trials are the golden standard that's the one where they actually use the humans they've got humans that are taking sugar pills or water yes. shots and then they've yes. got the people who are taking the real thing yes exactly so when people they go well this supplement does this it's got studies well those studies a lot of the time they're just done on rats and there is some transfer over we have seen you know listen about it might be 70 something or 80 percent of the time the reactions we see from rats are congruent with what we'll see in humans though it isn't always the case and not necessarily to the same level it's not necessarily proportional for example something that might increase testosterone in rats you know three times might increase it by four percent in a human things like that yeah you're going to need a bigger pill to increase testosterone in somebody that's 200 300 pounds well e even then even if you adjust for the body ratio to the chemical the chemical still might not have the same effect so even if it's you know two micrograms for a rat and that means you know 500 milligrams for a human yeah. it still may not have the same effect because our biological makeup is very different to put it this way vaccinations have had to do at least that go through at least that and the big concern, too, when people say alternative medicine, we don't need vaccinations. Well, actually, you do. And then you have measles outbreaks, right, like you have here. Um, and it's let me see right here. Measles is out is back. An outbreak percolating that was first documented in California and has spread to four other Western states in Mexico. Fifty three cases identified to date. Students are being removed from school. So when you don't take a vaccination because of being ill informed, 
because of Jim Carrey or Jenny McCarthy, whatever the stupid celebrity of the day is, you're endangering the rest of the country. That's where mass contamination happens. There's no need for anyone else to get measles if you just do your job and everyone gets vaccinated. People don't understand. Before vaccinations, a lot of people were just taken out. Just the, died. The plagues and everything. Yeah, exactly. So this idea that we should go back to what's most natural. The life expectancy was like 42. That's why people had to have, you know, 18 kids because 15 of them would get kicked by horses. A couple of them would get plagues. And you were left with the two. They Maybe they weren't even the two that you liked. So there are there's a measles outbreak right now, and I, I just think it's important for people to realize the whole anti-vaccination crowd, as a general rule, is pretty anti-science. And anytime someone just tries to sell you alternative medicine, listen, I'm a supplement guy myself, make sure there's the research. Don't be led astray. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. And they'll try and tell you you're drinking the Kool-Aid if you believe what the scientific community is coming out with. Anytime someone says, be critical of all information, accept the... Except what I'm about to tell you, like an O'Reilly who thinks they have the authority on all issues, it's time for you to put your critical thinking cap on and uh, tighten it down because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Be right back. For the Motor City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Glad to be back with you as always, my lovely and beautiful sidekick producer, Fun Dip. Yeah. You know, I also have a, now a, a lovely uh, producer here in studio with me on the video side, Jared. So he's kind of a new addition to the team. Isn't that funny? Most radio shows have like nine producers going. We've got one and a half. Hey, I am one and a half. Well, I guess we, well, I was saying Jared was the half. But <laughs> if you add you both up, it's two. Two and a half, yeah. So we're going to have Ed Morrissey on after the next segment. But right now, I want to talk a little bit about American Sniper. You know, this Bradley Cooper guy, um, I don't know. I've never seen anything super, I guess, super radically left from him. I'm sure he's probably a, a liberal. That's most people in Hollywood. But he seems like a decent guy. You know, the one who in the new American Sniper film. And he, he talked about how life-changing it was and how just how much he admired Chris Kyle. Um I think that's I think that's pretty cool for a guy like him to do that, especially with the, the the blowback that's happened in Hollywood with a film like this. Did you ever see Silver Linings Playbook? I did not get the opportunity to see that. You would like it because Jennifer Lawrence is in it. Jennifer, oh, the girl from um, Hunger Games. Hunger Games, yeah, plays the blue uh, blue chick in X Men. I thought that was Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Yeah, in the old ones, and it's Rebecca Romaine now. There's no more Stamos. Well, back then though. Back then, and then uh, no, in the in the new X Men films, like did you see X Men: The First Class? Probably not. I don't remember seeing it. Tell you what, that's one of the best superhero films ever made. You should see it. 
X-Men The First Class. It's by far the best X-Men film. And of modern superhero films, I would say the best. Actually, that's probably right up there with you know The Dark Knight and um, Spider-Man 2 with Dr. Octopus. I can't stand those uh, the Dark Knight films. There's not enough Batman, and the pacing is just dreadful. They drag on. You didn't even like the one with Heath Ledger as the Joker? He was the only redeeming thing about any of those films. I disagree. I, th- I think Gary Oldman was great in that. Oh, well, I th- yeah. I mean, well, Gary Oldman's good in everything. All right. Well, I think you would like X-Men The First Class. It was very, very good. It gives you a lot of it, the origin stories. Yeah. There's a great scene in that film where uh, Magneto, but when he was young, you know, he has that magnetic attracting ability. Yeah. And uh, like I want my personality. Yes, exactly. I, you know, I won't even get into it. Just watch it. But there's a great scene where he's out there in the Swiss mountains and um, orders a beer. And uh, there were some Nazis there with Nazi tattoos. And he has the barcode on his arm because he was in the Warsaw internment camp. And they don't know who he is. And let's just say some revenge is exacted there. And it's pretty intense. Oh, man, that does sound cool. It is pretty intense. It's really well done. You'd like it. Go watch it this weekend. So. Bradley Cooper, great guy. And then you have someone who's the complete opposite, Jesse Ventura. Now, I'm sure you probably... Now, you know, Chris Kyle is the American sniper. You yes. know this. Yes. Okay. Did you know that Jesse Ventura sued him for $1.8 million? I think I remember reading something about that. That was four or five years ago? Yeah, and he sued him because the guy lied about punching Jesse Ventura in the face. He might have said, like, yeah, Jesse Ventura... What, he, what may have actually happened... From what I understand is Jesse Ventura said something and Chris Kyle stepped him down. But when he told the story, he said, you know, so I punched him in the face or whatever. Something like that. Jesse Ventura sues him for $1.8 million. Without actually getting hit in the face? No, he didn't get hit in the face. He was suing because he wasn't hit in the face. Well, then he should have just said, well, come here. I'll take care of it. Then we'll be good. Yeah, exactly. But Jesse Ventura wouldn't be able to. Chris Kyle would spank him like a small child. That's what I'm saying. Chris Kyle should have said, hey, if you're going to sue me for saying I hit you in the face, come here, I'll hit you in the face, and then we'll be good. Yeah, I don't think it works that way in the court of law. I'm not quite sure that's how our legal system is set up. But Jesse Ventura just just dragged his name through the mud. This is an actual quote from Jesse the Bod Ventura. He said, a hero must be honorable. He must have honor. And if you can't have honor if you're a liar, and Chris Kyle is a liar, there's no honor in lying. What a germ. <laughs> is that what he sounds like? You've never heard Jesse Ventura? I, probably years ago, but gosh, I couldn't remember his voice. He talks like that. Listen, the government doesn't want you to know the facts, but I will teach you the facts. And what's funny is he's a 9-11 truther. He, you know, he has a show Conspiracy Theory. And what I love about people like Jesse Ventura is they never actually answer the questions. They just ask the questions. You know, you'll, so you could have him on the show. We could actually probably get him on this show. And he would be like, you know, with 9-11, we are not being given all the facts. We are not being given the full truth. Okay, well, Jesse, who do you think caused 9-11? I don't have an answer to that. But I think it's important to ask the questions. Right, okay, but what do you think, actually? I just think it's important to ask the questions about the facts. And they never act it's just a roundabout way to say, well, you're being lied to, but I'm full of crap. So eventually you'd have to say to him, 
So how many times have you asked these questions and not gotten an answer because he has nothing to go on at that point then? Um, I think that's when you claim that's when you just punch him in the face. and that's <laughs> Or you say you did and then you get <laughs> and then sued. And he sues yeah. you. I can't believe suing someone for $1.8 million because they punched you in the face. Well, I can't believe suing someone for not punching you in the face. That's well, even I, dumber. I think, let me bring this up here. I, I don't, because I, I, I know that was a story. I don't remember exactly what it was. So he sued him for defamation. So basically, what Jesse Ventura is saying when he sued Chris Kyle was that he's so tough that the idea that he was punched by an actual tough guy was defaming him was was damaging enough to his tough guy image that he was awarded 1.8 million like listen jesse no one is confusing you for an actual wrestler okay you walked up and punched a midget in the face while the ref pretended he wasn't looking and someone hit him over the back with a folding chair and none of you were hauled off to prison no one is confusing you for an actual tough athlete (laughs) I'm going to sue him because he's ruining my image I worked a long time in that pink speedo to make sure that that I had a reputation to uphold in the wrestling community (laughs) it totally reminds me of the episode of the Goldbergs where Barry wants to be a wrestler and he wants to have his own like nickname and moves and his mom takes him out. <laughs> well, speaking of which, he was actually governor there uh, in Minnesota. Was he governor in Minnesota or was he mayor of Minneapolis? He was governor of Minnesota. Yeah, governor of Minnesota. Uh, and our next guest is from Minnesota, Ed Morrissey. So we will bring him on after this break. And we'll get to talk to him about Jesse Ventura, about American Sniper, and whatever else is in the news. So louder with Crowder. Stay tuned. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600. Listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham Talk 1600. We are back. So glad to be with you. So glad to have our next guest. I actually used to do this gentleman's show every week for a while until he booted me. But uh, Ed Morrissey of Hot <laughs> Air fame. Ed, good to have you with us. It's great to be back with you, Steve. We had a format change, and Stephen got squeezed out. But we got to get him back from time to time. We. We 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 we're missing our we're missing our uh, louder with Crowder segments over at uh, the Ed Morrissey show. Oh well, thank you. Well, I know I, it, we cha- you changed it from commentary to news, and the fact is, unless I'm getting punched in the face by a union member, <laughs> I'm not particularly newsworthy. <laughs> um, but we were just talking about before the break. Now, have you seen American Sniper yet? I have, and I, I'm in the middle of reading the book, but I've seen the movie. Did you like it? I thought it was a very good movie. I thought it was an excellent movie. Before we get into it, here's something I, I, I've said, and I, I, not a lot of conservatives have said. I don't think of it as a particularly conservative film. No. 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 In, fact, in fact, I think this is, what you, this is how you can tell whether somebody has actually seen the film. Uh, right. I think it was uh, Salon, I believe, that put oh, up geez. something about, uh, uh, about how this is just a, a, a way for 
people to uh, to cheer, you know, American jingoism without asking questions about the Iraq war. And I I tweeted out after that, I said, you know, what's actually in the film American Sniper? People asking questions about the Iraq war. It's right. A fairly nuanced film. And there's there's at least three instances where sympathetic characters are are given dialogue that that questions why America is there at all. Right. Uh, and so I, yeah, it's 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 a it's really interesting film. And of course, there's the PTSD element, and and that almost yes. bothers me a little bit. Listen, I get that PTSD is real. We just had Michael Loftus on to talk about it, but in Hollywood, every single soldier who comes back is conflicted and guilt-ridden and not really that happy about what they did, and they all have PTSD. When in fact, there are some people in real life, like Chris Kyle, who even though they have a little bit of PTSD, are thrilled with having killed bad guys, and they're okay with it. Well, I, and I think the film actually is is nuanced in that as well because I think Chris right. Kyle doesn't really go through that, uh, but you do see other veterans who are going through that. More more about not just about PTSD, but more about more profound uh, physical injuries, but also PTSD. And it's also in in this particular case, it's necessary because the the person who killed Chris Kyle, uh, who murdered Chris Kyle is arguably one of those uh, veterans who suffers from PTSD. I mean, he was, he was murdered by a veteran that uh, he was actually trying to help, a, a person who's uh, you know, obviously got some uh, yeah. mental issues. And so I, I think that that was uh, – I don't think you can avoid it in the Chris Kyle story if you're going to make a film about it. Sure. No, exactly. Speaking of mental issues, Jesse Ventura, <laughs> uh, governor of your wonderful state, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and then we went from him to Tim Pawlenty, which was pretty good, and then to Mark Dayton, which was, well, not as bad as Jesse Ventura, but but getting there. How did that happen, Edward? Do you have any, I mean, what really yeah. happened? What was the political climate that led to, to Jesse the Bod winning? I could tell you exactly. Okay. What, uh, because it's actually a pretty interesting story. Jesse, most people don't re- remember this, but Jesse was actually the mayor of Brooklyn Center. Uh, it's a, a fairly decent-sized uh, city in the uh, Twin Cities area prior to running for governor. And it was he was running as an independent. It's part of actually the Independence Party, which at the time was not an official party. In, uh, in, or it wasn't a major party. It didn't have major party status in uh, Minnesota. And you had uh, Skip Humphreys and Norm Coleman, I believe it was, running for governor at the same time. And basically... The election turned out to be a three-way split. People didn't – there were a lot of people who weren't happy with the with Coleman versus Humphreys. And so a lot of these sure. people were just casting their vote for Jesse Ventura as sort of a none-of-the-above protest vote. And I don't think anybody expected Ventura to win that race, including Ventura. I don't think he actually was in it to win the race. I think he was in it just to face self-promotion. Is it kind of like when people just write in Mickey Mouse only – a million people wrote in Mickey Mouse, and all of a sudden, Mickey Mouse is governor. Oh, boy! It's <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little bit. Although Ventura was actually on the ballot. He actually qualified for the ballot. Oh, well, I know, but I mean, is, is it yeah. one of those things where someone someone just went up to the ballot and said, ah, this is never going to happen, and wrote it in? Well, think of it this way. It's kind of, it would be kind of like Ross Perot winning that 1992 race. Right. <laughs> ma- 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 hang on a second. If only he could finish. I, yeah. I, got a, I got a chart. I got a chart that can show you how that works. <laughs> now, see, it's funny. You can do that with Ross Perot. But if you were to do that when impersonating Barack Obama, it'd be racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, 
Right. Whereas he can. I actually don't have to stick the ears out all that much for myself. They kind of stick out anyway, especially with the hair. No, that's nowhere near Barack Obama. He can get AM radio on those things. So Jesse Ventura, a lot of people don't remember this. He sued Chris Kyle. Yes. We're talking about this for one point nine million. And what's funny is a lot of people, they read it at first glance. You know, it's really easy as you scan through news nowadays with the Internet attention span of a of a six-year-old golden retriever right i knew that was coming fun dip how dare you uh and you know it's like uh, i gotta get to a turtle humping a work boot or dramatic hamster or something i don't have time for actual news so people scan through it and they think oh jesse ventura sued chris kyle for punching him in the face right and that would be legitimate you don't really sue someone for punching you in the face but okay he didn't he sued Chris Kyle for not punching him in the face. You know about this case, right? Yeah, I do. No, I actually know quite a bit about this case. Yeah, you've talked about it. <laughs> I, I, how do you sue someone for not punching you in the face? I know the answer, but I want to hear you tell it. Okay, well, what he's suing him for is libel because actually I think libel and slander. Chris Kyle included a passage in his book where he talked about this fist fight with a with – a, uh, former SEAL who had been uh, saying derogatory things about SEALs and saying that they should have died because they're fighting an unjust war for, you know, a, for a corrupt right. uh, system, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, it supposedly provoked this fist fight and the guy got his uh, clock cleaned. And if you read the book, I'm, I'm almost all the way through the book. There's actually quite a few of these. I got into a fist fight and uh, I beat up a whole bunch of guys type of stories that Chris Kyle likes to tell. I mean, this is it's a SEAL. I mean, this is just this yeah. is a, guy who you know these guys like to tell stories and so unfortunately this one turned out to be true yeah exactly and and he didn't mention anybody's name in the book but he was being interviewed i believe was on television about the book and somebody asked him if the guy that they were describing was jesse ventura and he said yeah that was jesse well (laughs) unfortunately you can't say that about people if it's not true and especially if it's going to do damage and to be clear but hold on a second by the way i have just run roughshod over ed morrissey many times i haven't only punched him in the face but i've locked him in my locker i had him chained up in a doghouse and he would just pray for weeks that i didn't feel like beating on him well i had him in my basement and i was giving him lotion (laughs) (laughs) and i put it back in the basket yes exactly don't you hurt my dog don't you hurt my dog she looks pretty hurt, mister. <laughs> you better get her some help. There you go, Ed. I just wrote you a $1.9 million check. You're welcome. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure. Yeah. It's, it's got Goodyear printed on the back, right? right. <laughs> exactly. So go, go uh, ahead and finish the uh, – so Jesse sues him. So Jesse sues him not because, uh, not because so much of the fight, but because of what Chris Kyle said that Jesse said. Jesse – claims he never said anything like that that the seals deserve to die and as a result it i mean as a result of this story as well as some other things about jesse ventura uh he's been more or less shunned by the seal community in in, in san diego which he'd been part of since you know 1972 1973 when he was he uh, wasn't a seal the seals didn't exist yet and he'll argue but in his defense he'll i was part of an underwater demolitions unit well but, the udts were the were the predecessors to the seals and marcus right. luttrell considers him a seal and i think that for most people marcus luttrell probably is a, a good enough expert to to ride that out. I, I mean i i have a friend in the seal community i don't want to talk too much about it who, who says that jesse ventura really didn't have that much of a reputation to damage right 
But anyway, but at any rate, I mean, this went to a jury. There was uh, Chris Kyle's story did kind of fall apart uh, with uh, in testimony. At least it wasn't easily, it wasn't very readily supported in the testimony. And uh, a jury, a split jury in Minnesota in St. Paul, found that um, he'd been damaged by it, and he got. Uh, 1.3 million, I think, is what he ended up with. I thought it was uh, not 1.9. I think. 51.9. I'm I'm fuzzy on what the actual final number was because some it's of early it, in the morning. Some of it was that's true. Some of it was uh, damages, and some of it was um, punitive, I think. And um, it, it, so, because Chris Kyle had been murdered in the process while this case was being processed, Jesse Ventura continued the well, case against the estate, which is right, you know, which is it's really low. But the fact is, we were just talking about this earlier. Jesse Ventura. Right. The only he claimed it was defamation. Uh, and the only way it's defamation is if really you have an image to which it would be counter and maybe be untrue. <laughs> and so for him, what Jesse Ventura is saying is, you know, listen, Jesse, you put on pink Speedo trunks and punched a midget while a guy was hitting the ref with a folding chair. No one's confusing you for an actual tough guy. I I built up my reputation as a fighter over years in this community. And Chris Kyle has taken it out. The fact is, Chris Kyle would kick his ass. Everyone knows it. Jesse Ventura is a joke, but we'll talk about it more when we get back from the break. Ed Morrissey, stick around. Ladder with Crowder. Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. Glad to be back with you. And for those who are not watching the live stream or the live video cast, you just missed the whitest dance party ever. <laughs> it's me, Fun Dip as always, and our lovely guest, Ed Morrissey. Ed, thank you for being back. just missing the overbite. <laughs> My father-in-law, God bless him, I love him. But he does like the kind of like Jim Henson dance. <laughs> you know, the marionette. And good for him. We were just talking about this, actually. Um, this is going to sound incredibly racist. But there is really a reason why white people dance differently from black people. And if you look at culturally their dance, the fluidity of movement um, is incredible, actually, in, in a lot of African dance. And I said as a compliment, it really is beautiful when you actually watch it. It's an athletic endeavor, which is probably why it lends itself better to so many athletic sports like uh, everything. Whereas, so, <laughs> whereas my Irish people, we had to dance with only our feet, keeping the tops of our bodies as still as possible. So there you go. Pe- people would be looking through the windows. They were dancing, but the top looked like they're just standing there. Is it racist to say that as a general rule, black people are more athletic than white people? Is that racist? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nowadays, I yeah. That, uh, you know, like I, it would be. Yes. <laughs> But, I mean, it's a compliment. Like, is it, it that would be like saying it's sexist for me to go in and say, oh, Ed, you know, you have a lovely wife. No, because you're just talking about one person. Okay. You, you're, you're talking about a class okay. of people. 
Ed, you're, you're, you have lovely wives. <laughs> uh, possibly, I guess, although uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I guess it just depends on whether you're a man or woman saying that. <laughs> I stand by it. Listen, there's a reason if you look at professional sports, was it Naked Gun? I've learned two things. I don't remember what the first one was. And, and second, in boxing, never bet on the white guy. It's a very true statement. Uh, we were, it's funny. We were talking about this with our previous guest. Actually, boxing, combat sports. I think, Ed, you and I have talked about this. You did high school wrestling. Kind yeah. of goes back to fake wrestling, uh, Jesse Ventura. Combat sports always, uh, historically in America, has been indicative of who the underclass is at that time. They tend to be successful in combat sports. So, like, you had the Irish for a long time. Then you had the Italians really dominate. And then black Americans and then nowadays it's a little more homogenized, but you see a lot of Russian boxers and combat athletes coming so, out. Also uh, Latinos. I mean, Latinos. Hector for, Macho for, Camacho. One of the best. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao, uh, uh, Filipino. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the best. Yeah, one of the best with all the uh, – well, I, I just caught myself because I realized this is not only an internet show but an actual show. And I could be sued for defamation if I allude to something like – blood doping or steroids which i won't um speaking of which someone might be throwing lance, lance armstrong yeah lance lance armstrong. Armstrong. Oh, okay I'm sorry. i just no, watched no, a documentary no, on lance armstrong i don't know if you've seen this documentary um when you see it now in its entirety the, the lance armstrong story it's much more fascinating because you look back and you see how he just destroyed people's lives for speaking the truth you know when they came out and said lance is using steroid day where in one day he lost $75 million when you add up what he lost in sponsorships and what he had to pay for damages. And there was an interview where this guy, uh, and then we'll get back to talking about Romney and stuff, but there was an interview with this guy who was uh, interviewing him when he was coming back to the sport, and he said, Lance, you know, I want to know, why didn't you grant me an interview? This was a former cyclist. He was an Irish reporter. And Lance said, I think, if I remember correctly, you wrote a piece called Lance Armstrong's cancer is gone, but the cancer is back in the sport of cycling. Referring to me as a cancer, sir. I am here to fight this disease, right? He starts grandstanding, and the Irish reporter cuts him off and goes, you don't have a patent on cancer. I've lost family members to cancer. I was referring to the cancer that is doping and cycling, and I have valid sources that say that you've been using performance-enhancing drugs. And that guy was, like, fired. His life was destroyed, and it turns out it was all true. That you know what it also turns out to be true. You actually do a pretty good Irish accent. <laughs> I don't know. You've been you've been hanging out with Phelan McAleer too long. Phelan McAleer. We need to get him and his wife on the show. They're you West Coast. You got because you know what? How long is your show? The show's three hours. No, it's six hours now. Well, see, then it's perfect because you get Phelan and Ann on. Wonderful people. They are just awesome people. You ask them maybe two questions. <laughs> there's your three hours. Yeah. <laughs> They are great. They are awesome people. They, they are awesome people. Yeah, they don't like to get up live, uh, but now that we have the studio set up, you know, we could pre-tape them. That's the problem. A lot of my friends are on the West Coast, you know, guys like Baldwin and, and Philim, and so it's, it's a little tough to get them up, you know, to get up. Whiny court. West Coasters not wanting to get up at the crack of midnight. <laughs> Shut up, Fun Dip. Go eat your Hebrew right, National. I already had my Hebrew Nationals today. I had two of them. I had to put them in bread. I didn't even have buns with me. Oh. The, the plight of the overfed yes, white for, radio. First, first world problems. I had to eat my hot dogs in bread. You, here's the funny thing, and Ed can actually back me up. You don't have to eat hot dogs. 
It's true. Well, Although that... I do have a fruit cup. Oh, it's early in the morning, so I haven't puffed up yet. So you haven't puffed up? Well, you <laughs> I haven't know, puffed. I haven't, I haven't had 18 cups of coffee that's, you know, with all the all the water weight hanging off the face. You, no, you do. You look good. I mean, listen, when we first started doing the show years ago. You look ago, better than I do. Well, that's, that's not no. too difficult. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that that's any shakes me or you, actually. But, I mean, if I, yeah, they put the two of us next to this guy. Jeez. I know. This is this is like, you know, uh, this is like uh, two two guys, uh, like like the two of the Stooges next to, you know, like Cary Grant or. Uh, oh, stop it. Or, or Burt Lancaster or something like that. Nothing not, like that. Not Burt Lancaster. Rock Hudson. You know, Lancaster maybe like 50 years ago or so. Well, when we first started doing the show on Hot Air, you were definitely, you were you were chubbier. Ed. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. I mean, but when you've been diagnosed as a type 2 diabetic, you have to start trimming some things down in your diet, and so that's kind of helped out. You know, and it's funny, we were just talking about this. You know, I'm sure you've covered this at Hot Air. Hotair.com, by the way, one of the best sites. I use it all the time, even though they don't run my videos anymore. But Hot Air is still a great site, and I do love the website, uh, you were talking about the vaccination uh, issues. We talked about it on your show. You know, the, you've seen the measles outbreaks yep. in California. Um, how irresponsible is it? This is a totally leading question, but I don't care because I know you and I kind of agree. How irresponsible is it for people like Jenny McCarthy and Jim Carrey and these celebrities to go out and anti-vaccination, which can definitely lend itself to outbreaks of serious diseases that are entirely preventable in a safe way like a vaccine? I'm glad that you didn't ask me a leading question. I know. I just I told you I'm going for it because I know that you don't like these people. It's completely irresponsible. It's 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 ludicrous. It's nuttiness. And uh, you know, I look, I mean, people can make up their own minds about this stuff either. You know, so you can't say we should prosecute Jenny McCarthy or or Jim Carrey or anything else like that. But I mean, we can certainly ridicule them sure. and we can certainly point out the fact that We've got a, I think it's a 13% non-vaccination rate now in the United States, which is idiocy. That's sure, staggeringly it's, high. It's very high. Uh, and I just saw them about this, yes, 5%, and it's actually dropping. They're actually getting better at vaccination. They're at 5% non-vaccination rates. And, and what is do? Sweden has better, has smarter celebrities than we do, apparently. I think that's what it might be. And watch And ABBA! And they watch do. Abba. Abba's awesome. I have loved Abba for decades, man. They, they've opened up the Abba Museum in Stockholm, Sweden, and I swear I'm going to get out there and do a story from from the Abba Museum. I might as well not even be on this show. I totally want to go, man. <laughs> Anna from Lingstead and and uh, and uh, and uh, what was it? Bjorn. Yeah, Benny and Bjorn and uh, Fundip. I will mute Agnetha Falskog. That was the other one. Yeah, I, I will her. mute your microphone, Fundip. And by the way, <laughs> watches are Switzerland. You dummy. Hey, well, they make good ones next door too. <laughs> Swedish watches. Yeah, it's a Swedish quartz. I love my Swedish dummy. fish. Okay, this conversation took a weird turn. So. Someone might be tossing their hat into a presidential race, I hear, Ed Morrissey. Tell oh, us about that. You hear that. Golly, at 11 o'clock this morning, Eastern Time, Mitt Romney, night, where he's going to announce his intentions for 2016. Now, what I'm going to give you three guesses as to what his intentions are for 2016, and the first two don't count, Stephen. What do you think he's going to say today? He's being sued by Jesse Ventura. That's it. That's it. He's going to defend a lawsuit against Jesse Ventura in 2016. The no. truth is that Mitt Romney does not deliver the facts. 
I ain't got time to vote for Mitt Romney. Okay, yeah. got you. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, you know, um, if Mitt Romney runs, if he's the – he can run. If Mitt Romney is a candidate, that's my you – know, I agree. I, I have a lot of respect for Mitt Romney. I think he'd make a good president. He just doesn't make a terribly good candidate for president, and that is unfortunately part of the job. The the I think after you've won the nomination and lost the election – it's time to get somebody else in here. And this has been my point for the last few weeks is that we have so much good talent now coming to the coming to the uh, four from the gubernatorial ranks in, in two term governors who can run for this office, who have been elected uh, to to an office sometime after 2002. I mean, you take a look at Mitt Romney and Jeb Bush. The last election, both of those have won were in 2002. Yeah. Totally different electorate. Totally different circumstances. Uh, Mitt Romney hasn't won a general election since then. Jeb Bush hasn't even run in an election since then. I know. And, and so this is the past of the party. And and I know it sounds harsh, especially for Mitt Romney, but it he is part of the past of the party. It is time to look to the present for the future. And so I think you're going to be looking at the gubernatorial ranks for the eventual nominee. And and frankly, if Mitt Romney jumps in with Jeb Bush, I think they tend to cancel each other out and people oh, start looking for the alternative. I hope so. I hope so. I have a list up at ladderwithcrowder.com that we wrote a top, I think it was top eight reasons as to why Mitt Romney cannot be the Republican nominee. Uh, you only need to read the first one. There, there are a bunch of them. He was pro-life until he was, uh, he was pro-choice until he was pro-life. He was against gay marriage until he, he was pro-gay marriage until he was against gay marriage. He even said he was more pro-gay marriage than Ted Kennedy. Uh big government guy when he was in massachusetts the number one for massachusetts i mean that's how you get elected in massachusetts yeah Yeah, but it doesn't but tim palenti wasn't necessarily a big government guy and he was in a pretty liberal state so if you compare them you compare two governors in liberal states i think tim palenti has a much better record there um again that's just opinion but what is not opinion i agree with that is that there are two human beings in the history of mankind who have ever signed a health care mandate into law barack obama and mitt romney and if people want to know why Mitt Romney was an absolute pushover, sissy pansy in the second two debates, it's because he knew that Obamacare issue was right around the corner and he couldn't go for the throat on that one because all Barack Obama needed to say was, you first. And I think that that was just a major missed opportunity because remember at that time, now Obamacare is, is actually not nearly as unpopular as it was before because people are getting free crap. So once the free crap rolls in for people, they start to like it. But at that point in that election, it was very unpopular and Romney couldn't go after Obama. Um, I think that's a character issue. But Ed Morrissey, you're the political guy. You know more than I do. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So, I mean, I think it just we'll get in a sense of it when when the debates start up and the polling right now means nothing. It's basically name recognition uh, and, and nothing else. You look into the fall of this year and you're going to start seeing voters actually start making Republican voters, I should say, start making decisions about who it is that they're looking to support. And, and I think that you're going to have Mitt Romney, Jeb Bush bring uh, Republican Party circa 2002 to these debates. And you're going to have people like, you know, uh, Scott Walker, uh, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Bobby Jindal, Rick Perry, uh, bringing Republican Party 2014, 2016 to these debates, and even Chris Christie, who's a, who's a, a much more recent uh, Republican yeah. uh, success story, and that's going to be the difference. Uh, it, it's just voters look to the future; they're not looking to the past. Right. 
lean forward as MSNBC says, or bend over, depending on how you look at it. But Ed Morrissey, thank you so That's creepy. Stop leaning into the camera. You're going, watch, we, I will lose thousands of YouTube subscribers because of you. Uh, Sue me. <laughs> thank you very much. Now, where can people best find your work, Ed? Hotair.com. That's where, that's where I'm at all the time. Hotair.com. Hotair.com, a great news site. So simple, clean, easy to read. You can get almost all of your news there. And, of course, ladderwithcredit.com. But, Ed, thank you for being on the show. We have to have you back soon, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. Great to be with you. Thanks. And we will uh, wrap this up in a nice bow and uh, be back with uh, more Letter with Crowder after the break. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on Wham! Talk 1600. You are listening to AM Radio's Strangest Animal. If you could have heard Fun Dip in my conversation right before the break, you would have thought we were an old married couple. But geez, dear, come on. Aren't we going to go out for bingo? I don't know why you're coming in so loud right now and I'm coming in like moderate. I I don't understand it because when I look at my levels on the board, uh, it's beautiful. I don't care. I don't care about you. I don't care about the board. And I don't care about Jesse Ventura. So this has been one of those weeks, folks. Um, If you haven't seen American Sniper, go out and support American Sniper. Go out and support something that just angers leftists. If for no other reason, liberals hate it. It's not even a particularly conservative film. From what I hear, it's a really good film. I've seen big chunks of it. My producer in here, Jared, has not seen it. Oh, we should go out and see that tonight with the uh, go do dinner and a movie with the missus, American Sniper. Do you think, Jared, your wife would want to see American Sniper? No, okay. She just said it's, it's too boyish, so maybe his wife wouldn't want to see it. She's waiting for the Polly Pocket feature-length film to come out. <laughs> Maleficent 2. I actually liked Maleficent. Did you see Maleficent? I enjoyed that movie tremendously, and I didn't think I was going to. Yeah, you know, I'm not an Angelina Jolie fan. I don't think she's particularly... Like, everyone thinks she's the most beautiful woman in the world. I'm like, eh, you know. Take I liked the poster for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Was it very bosomy? It was uh, a side shot with legs. I'm a leg guy, not a bosom guy. You're a leg guy. What, now, you're talking about Brad Pitt's legs? No. Actually, funny fact about Brad Pitt. A lot of people don't know this. Now, you know, now, fun tip, like, I'm not, but I'm a, I'm a guy in relatively, you know, athletic condition. Um, I'm not a world beater, but I think we've talked about it on, on air how I have a huge – stop showing me your soundboard. Just stop <laughs> it. You're just trying to distract and annoy me. <sighs> like my like my face isn't more annoying. It's such a double-edged sword having fun dip as a producer because you love him, but then sometimes you just want to strangle him with a microphone cord. The same thing being my parents or my spouse. Yeah, it's the story of fun dip's life. Uh, he's lovable, but I also want to murder him in his sleep. I don't, I don't remember what I was talking about. What was I even talking about before Fundip started screwing with me? Oh, Brad Pitt. 
So I have pretty large posterior. You know, I have to get a 36 waist, even though my waist is about a 33, just because I can't get it over my my tuchus. Because um, I've squatted. You know, if you, if you actually want to be strong, you have to squat. You have to train your legs. But in Hollywood, they're not strong. They want to fake strong. So Brad Pitt would do the bicep curls and stuff, and everyone's like, I want the Brad Pitt body in Fight Club. But he had the legs of an Ethiopian famine victim. And then when he did Troy, they actually, since now you can't hide it, they had to get a leg double because his legs were so scrawny. <laughs> in Troy, how awful must that be? It's like you've sold yourself as this Hollywood hunk, and they're going, my gosh, your, your legs look worse than that Somali pirate from Captain Phillips. Oh, man. But I feel bad for that guy, by the way, because he won the Academy Award. That's as good as it gets. And he'll never be cast again unless there's another Somalian pirate role. What's he going to do, romantic comedies? It's going to be the it next... It be a zombie film. God. <laughs> you, just, you just don't know when you don't know. That's your problem. You don't know what you don't know, and it's a whole lot. Oh. But I feel bad for a guy like that in Hollywood. That was a big thing. People are mad that the Hollywood, the Academy is racist this year. It's like last year was dominated by black actors and actresses and 12 years a slave. It was the White Guilt Academy Awards. And now they're complaining that there aren't enough black people nominated this year. So at the end of the day, this, this is just why you have to avoid identity politics, people. It's wrong when the left does it, and it's wrong when the right does it. It's wrong, wrong when the white, you know, the right you hear this phrase they're wine drinking republicans i'm a beer drinking republican i'm the working class republican i hunt night fish just don't let that play a role in your voting process or in your judgment process when it comes to people's character it doesn't matter where they're from it doesn't matter what they like to do it doesn't matter the color of their skin the left and the right both play identity politics and it's disingenuous you should only care about one thing whether it's film, whether it's comedy, whether it's politicians, you should care about the quality of the content. You should care about the quality of the ideas. Judge it based on those merits. Don't judge it because the guy likes fishing and you like fishing and therefore he must be a true American or he drives a Harley, rides a Harley Davidson. Just keep it genuine. Louder with Crowder. See you next week.